Hey everyone, my name is Petey, and today I want to speak to you about another strange Old Testament commandment. Uh, one that at least seems to be strange. And it is regarding the marrying of a captive. This is when Israel would go into uh, the land and fight their enemies and overcome enemies. And when there were women who survived, of course, when their husbands have died in war, what are they to do with them? And so some have criticized this, but I think that there is a beauty that can be gleaned in God's grace that we can find if we're willing to see it. So let's read it in Deuteronomy 21 verse 10. It says, when you go out to war against your enemies and the Lord your God gives them into your hand and you take them captive and you see among the captives a beautiful woman and you desire to take her to be your wife. Okay, first off, let me just stop there for a second. There's nothing wrong with seeing a beautiful woman and nothing wrong with desiring her to be your wife. What would be wrong is if what we see happen oftentimes in war and we see uh, women taken and they are raped. We see women taken and they are abused by soldiers and so forth. Now, the question is, is, is this commandment that going that way or is it going a different way? Because if you stop right here, you'll be like, I'm not sure. But when you read on, you start discovering the heart behind all of this. And if you're willing to take into context the ancient context, you may even see a beauty in it. Because if we read on, it says in verse 12, you shall bring her home to your house. She shall shave her head and pare her nails. And she shall take off the clothes in which she was captured and shall remain in your house and lament her father and her mother a full month. And after that, you may go into her and be her husband and she shall be your wife. But if you no longer delight in her, you shall let her go where she wants. But you shall not sell her for money, nor shall you treat her as a slave since you have humiliated her. Something we need to remember is uh, in war, right, we have, after a massive war, a lot of women often whose husbands have died in war. And when you go to the time of the first century and before that, especially, we the culture was so that the man was the provider. Up until very recently in our modern times, like men have always been the main provider, the main breadwinner, and women have typically stayed at home and looked after children. And so if the husband was not around anymore, that woman would become a widow. She would become one who is now dependent upon others looking after her. Okay, so that is a a hard situation for any woman to be in. And the question is, when you have a massive war and you have a lot of women, thousands of women without husbands now because they've died in the war, what are we to do in that situation with that? One thing that we need to also keep in mind to bring about some more context of the ancient uh, context here is, is when you look at the enemies of Israel, right, that they are facing, that, that God is actually talking about here, we see they're, they're described in, for example, the book of Leviticus chapter 18. And, and these enemies are described as being ones who, I mean, just imagine this, you're a woman, you're a, the wife, and your husband is one of these pagan nations. And what is normal to your husband is to sacrifice your child to 
your deity. What is normal to your husband is to cause the women or the daughters to have sex with animals, bestiality. What is normal to your husband is for him to have sex with his own mother, his own aunt, his own sisters, his own daughter. Okay. These, I know that this, for us, it's like, what? Like, but this was actually very normal to many of the ancient pagan cultures. Okay. And this is not politically correct, but this is archaeologically supported. We have found the ancient uh, burial sites of child sacrifices, right? Uh, this is not like just in the Bible, like this is actually historic evidence. It's there. So now these enemies of Israel or these people, this woman is now taken out of that environment from that husband because they have been overcome in this war with Israel. And now this woman is being taken as, let's just say, as a wife by an Israelite man. Would that be a good or a bad thing for her? An Israelite man who is abiding by the laws of the God of Israel, who harshly prohibits and condemns all of the things that her culture normalized, all of the sins, even the sacrificing of her own child that her her culture normalized. You can see it as that she is being taken captive by an Israelite man, or you can see it as she's actually being delivered from her circumstances. Now, what is really interesting is how the procedure is to be done regarding all of this, because we see, for example, the man needs to let her mourn and cry for a whole month regarding her deceased family members, if any. She also needs to shave her head. And after that month, if he loves her enough to want to marry her and go into a lifelong covenant with her, then he can decide to do so, but not before that month is over. Because of course, what this does is it filters out people. It makes sure that if a man sees a beautiful woman, he's not just marrying her because she is a beautiful woman that is vulnerable in her situation right now. But now she is going to be going into his house. She's she her her old clothes are taken and she's given new clothes. She is being shaved. She is mourning. Okay, after a month, that, that man has a month to decide if he really is willing to go through with marrying her. if he Because a man who truly loves her would then go forth, but a man who was possibly entertaining being with her for the wrong reasons would after that whole month-long ordeal probably just say, just, I don't want to marry you anymore. So this is a filtration process so that God makes sure that whoever comes to take care of this woman who was who has lost everything will be taken care of by a godly Israelite man following the laws of God 
and who actually loves her for who she is in her worst state. He loves her and he will love her then in her better states to come. And the last thing that I'll address here is just that last verse where it says, but if you no longer delight in her, in other words, if you actually decide not to go and marry her, you shall let her go where she wants but you shall sell her for money. You shall not treat her as a slave since you have humiliated her. And I want to just let you guys know that when it says, since you have humiliated her, that's not referring to a man who's already slept with her. Because remember, if he has gone to make that commitment, that is a, he is now, he has already, that's already been uh, after a marriage covenant was made. So when it's talking about a humiliation, it's talking about the fact that she was, her hair was shaven off. Because remember, in the ancient culture, when a woman had her hair shaven off, that was a cultural signification of a humiliation. Uh, we see, for example, in 1 Corinthians 11, 6, Paul the Apostle in the first uh, century confirms this when he says, For if a wife will not cover her head, she should cut her hair short. But since it is disgraceful for a wife to cut off her hair or shave her head, let her cover her head. Okay, he confirms that for a woman to cut her hair is the a humiliation for a woman that's just there to give you that historical evidence there so i hope that this has blessed you with understanding of how this is actually a gracious loving thing that god is doing for these women of these that have been captured for them to have a husband who loves them a husband who is going to give them a better life a husband who is going to protect them and and a husband who is going to ultimately provide for them because they would not have had a provision if there was no provision made for them since their husband has now passed. So I hope this has blessed you. Hey, we're going to look at some more strange commandments, it seems, in the Bible, and uh, we'll see how strange they really are to uncover the beautiful meanings behind it. Uh, so subscribe for that, and I'll see you guys in the next one. If this video has blessed you, consider partnering with the ministry by visiting riseonfire.com. I want to say a special thank you to our partners who have made this teaching and every other teaching this month possible. Many blessings and shalom.